Standing 6'1", weighing 243 pounds, 16-time World Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, two-time Hall of Famer. Let's stand to our feet at all locations and welcome the one and the only, the Nature Boy, Rick Rick, would you turn to the camera and give us a woo? Woo! Woo! The Nature Boy is here! Styling and profiling. Custom made, brother. Custom made from head to toe, Rolex wearing, limousine driving, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. I'm so fired up, please be seated. Now guys, I had coffee with Bono, hashtag humbled. I've met Johnny Cash. I've sat down and had a long conversation with Muhammad Ali. I would rather talk to this guy than all those guys put together. I'm talking about the nature boy. Thank you. Woo! I actually went to North Korea with Muhammad Ali, so. I got to know Muhammad pretty well. I bet so. Yeah, five days with him. Interesting. Well, I want everyone to watch 30 for 30. Have you seen 30 for 30, The Nature Boy? Have you guys seen that? Oh, listen, everybody needs to raise your hand. Unbelievable. What I love about The Nature Boy, he's an open book. And very, very quickly, I grew up watching him. And this guy is amazing. Rick, I'm going to ask you, You've just gone through a major health situation. Tell us about that. Well, um, first of all, I'm going to blame the city of Dallas for a lot of it. <laughs> because in the 80s, when I was wrestling the Von Erichs out here. Oh, yeah. I, Come on, somebody. I couldn't wait. When I saw Dallas on my booking sheet, which meant Dallas, San Antonio, yes. Corpus, The Loop. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get here, it was so much fun. So um, getting back to my health scare, um, I was with a friend of mine from Dallas, Chris Randolph, who owns a restaurant here out by uh, AT&T. And um, he had come to Charlotte, uh, to Atlanta, where I live now for business and after business as usual, like 11 o'clock in the morning, we started drinking on Thursday. And then he went to Buckhead. I'm not allowed to, go. I'm married now, so I don't go to Buckhead anymore. That's right, um, that's good. <laughs> well, I didn't go to Buckhead before I got married for a long time, but <laughs> Buckhead didn't, didn't do good with me. Yes. Or I didn't do good with Buckhead. And that's in so. Atlanta, by the way. Well, that would know. be the yeah. equivalent of Green Street here, okay? That's right. So, in the old days. Yes. Or West End. Yes. So, um, I, Five o'clock, we're still drinking. He gets on a plane to come back to Dallas. And I went home from the bar for about an hour and all of a sudden I got this terrible pain. And the next thing I knew, uh, it was a, a month had gone by and I woke up, I was in a coma for 12 days and ICU for 31 days. And my lovely wife, who's with us today, um, 
she's back there, or I'd recognize her in the crowd, but she, or I would ask her to stand up. But um, we we can bring her out. Have have Wendy come yeah, out. I'd, we, I'd we, love have for her wave. Her, yes. Please. But anyway, go ahead. So Rick, so you were. So anyway, I, I was in a, I, a coma for 12 days, in ICU for 31 days, and she never left my room one time. She had what's called. Legitimately, I see you. There is his better half, Wendy Flair. God bless you. <laughs> she looks like an angel. She is. Yes, I'm telling you, Rick's anybody, a preacher. Anybody could put up with me. Rick's a preacher and doesn't yeah. even know it. But anyway, Rick. Okay, so you and I. That is brutal. So everyone thought, I mean, I'm, I'm follow, I follow you on social media. I was like, oh, no, man. No, the I, nature I, I boy, I was. A 20% chance to live. So, um, and after that, then I had to go to, um, had to learn how to walk again. I, got, I went over to rehab, not alcohol rehab, but a, a physical therapy yes. rehab center. And I was there for a month learning how to walk. I couldn't twist the bottle top off a Gatorade bottle or open a Diet Coke can. Wow. And then I had what's called an illostoma, which is um, where they attach a, a bag, which is yes. exterior. It's attached to your intestines or uh -huh. your bowels. And um, I had that for a year and just had the surgery to repair it July 9th. And here I am. It's fixed. And I'm, everything's great. And I got, Excellent. Ma I, I got married last week. I know that. Newlywed. Yeah. Congratulations. And uh, I survived it. So... I feel like, um, and I, I don't have a problem saying this, I feel like I'm closer to where I am right now. Yes. And I feel very comfortable here. That's awesome. So, Rick, we're so, I cannot, again, thank you so much for being no, here. You. And And, man, it's such a, such a pleasure to talk to you because you've done so much, and you are, he is indeed an icon. People say that, oh, yeah, he's an icon, she's an icon. no. Thank you. He is. All you got to say is the nature boy. I mean, drop the mic. Rick, what is the most, what's your, what's your most difficult match, wrestling match ever? If you had to say, Ed, okay, this match was the most difficult, or maybe I should say your most difficult opponent. My most, oh gosh. I know that's a terrible question, but. I, I, they won't even know who it is. I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> lack of chemistry. Okay. A guy named Bob Brown. They don't even know who that is. I don't know Bob yeah. Brown. How about your no. best match? Um, well, my best matches were with three different people, and uh, one of them is here today, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Yes, sir. Um, Dusty Rick Rhodes. And, 287 pounds and, of sweet and, soul. And, and in the house, Sting. Yes, sir. Sting, stand up. Sting uh, is here. The Stinger. Yeah. Um, it's funny because, and I, I think you'll agree, we just had, uh, you yep. have chemistry with people. Yep. Um, and certainly he had opponents that he felt comfortable with, but when I knew I was wrestling Ricky Steamboat, Dusty or Sting, I'd, you know, I actually, it's terrible to say I couldn't wait to go to work. Um, you know, you don't, when you travel and you're gone, like I was prior to when I was like the, the world champion that, the traveling world champion. Yes. Um, I wouldn't come home for seven, eight weeks, and I would come home for a day. I didn't know what to do. Unbelievable. And, I mean, what can you do in a day? Yeah. You repack and go out again. So, um, but when I was traveling around the world, I was wrestling different people, and the Japanese, 
Yeah, I was going to Hong Kong, Singapore. Isn't it true you've been to Japan like 70? 65 times. 65 times. Tokyo. I mean, I've, been, I've landed at Narita in Tokyo, but wow. gone all over Japan. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I have to throw Harley Race in there, too. That's a name from the past. I oh, I know Harley Race. Yeah, I wrestled Harley a lot. Um, but I just, um, I, I, I loved what I was doing, and uh, I didn't look at, I didn't look at, uh, take time to look at what I was doing to my family yeah. by being gone. And, cause, and this is a story I haven't told a lot of people. When a day off would come that I could, this is when I was the traveling world champion, NWA, yes. um, somebody would always say, well, what can, what, what can we have for that day? Through the guy that was booking me, Jim yes. Barnett. <clears throat> and ironically, back then there were nine people that had a vote the board of directors as to who was going to be the champion. Yes. And obvious, and I, what people don't understand is every time I had a day off, one of the guys obviously that had a vote would want me to come work. So I didn't go home. And because uh, I wanted to be the champion. Does that make sense? And that, yes. that's where it got out of, out of control. I just, to be the champion and be in that position, um, even though the first year I made like 80,000 less than I made not being, not being right there in the Mid-Atlantic area yes. for Crockett. Um, and I just learned it was a whole new experience and it took me to a plateau in the eyes of my peers that you know, very few people got. Rick, here's a question that I want to ask you because I've heard you mention this before and it, and it kind of shocked me, but I want you to unpack this. You said before that you struggled with self-confidence. Talk to me about that. Oh, God, I had terrible um, self-confidence issues. That's why, and uh, anxiety. That's why I reached out. Y'all know who Kevin Love is? He averages about 20 against the Mavericks every time he's here in town. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, I had both. um, It's funny, I worked for this guy named Jim Hurd that, and, man, he was about cutting my hair and wanting me to put a earring on and call me Spartacus. And it just, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a true story. And it just, it cracked me. Uh-huh. And then from that came anxiety where, you know, I, 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 would, I would actually go to the ring and I couldn't feel my hands. Wow. And, uh, you know, when you're fighting that, and when you're fighting anxiety, and it's so hard to have a match. So if I was wrestling somebody that I wasn't comfortable with or I didn't have that good a ring chemistry with, mm-hmm. it made it even harder. But then you, you tell someone that you're having this anxiety and that uh, I had, uh, <laughs> this is great. Do you remember the movie with uh, Sigourney Weaver, everybody, where she had that agoraphobia where you couldn't leave an area? Uh-huh. I had, I had that and I had, it was a fight for me to drive from my house to the airport to get on a private plane. I would drive halfway through the neighborhood and turn around and go back. Unbelievable. I I haven't shared this with very many people. Or I'd be on the road and we'd be drinking so much and I'd be stressed out and I'd I'd ask someone to take me home. Like Kevin Sullivan one time brought me home from Detroit. Um, And I just got in a walk in the house and I just 
<laughs> anyway, it lasted, and I went and saw a sports psychologist, which I talked about my 30 for 30. When he yes. got through talking to me, he was laying on the couch. So. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no way. <laughs> I said, yeah, really. That's what I do. <laughs> Rick, you know, you know one of, some, of my favorite, some of my favorite interviews to watch you with, of course, you're, you're an unbelievable communicator. One, one of the best. And the thing about Ric Flair is when he speaks, you feel him. I mean, other people, when they speak, even, you know, preachers. That's yeah, I mean, I truth. hear them. No, 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 but, I, but, but, but you have that ability, God-given ability, I believe, mm -hmm. to communicate and to read the crowd. Something about you that a lot of people don't know, you are a very unselfish wrestler. In other words, you watch his film. He would do such a great job of helping the opponent. You would help your opponent. And, and I, I thought that was, that was uh, that's, that's so admirable. Well, it's, you know, I try to tell people today because I still, I still like to go to the shows. My daughter is active, obviously. And I really still have a, I, which is something I don't think I'll ever give up. I like being around the young kids and yes. all that, and it's fun. Um, but it doesn't matter, and I have to get this, people to this, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. And I'll tell you a funny story, because it's here today, and I, I put a lot of thought into this. Um, this is not what I'm talking about now, but winning or losing, it doesn't matter. It's the people just remember what you did in the body of the match. Yep. And what you did that made you look different there's a reason why they're watching you, right? That's right. And, 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 and I, to this day, because the business was so different back then, when I wrestled him in Baltimore, he came back after a year off from this terrible knee injury, wow. which I was in, involved in, but not, not, not by any means uh, was it done with any malicious intent. Um, but... I wish that he had beat me with this hold instead of a small peck. I look back at it now and think, you know, we were all, nobody wanted to submit, right? Nobody wanted to give That's up, right. you know what I mean? God forbid, right? Yep. But um, I look back at it now and it, it doesn't matter because people, they remember <laughs> what you did that yes. made you different. And he and I did so many things. I mean, like he, Steve was superplexing me off the top. Well, people weren't doing that back then. And because he was so safe. And what people don't realize is it's as hard on him to fall backwards. As, as, I could never superplex somebody off the top rope. I could take it all day long. Yeah. I couldn't do it because the guy giving it is I, absorbing as much shock and falling backwards. I can't imagine that. Which is Rick. harder to do than falling over. Yeah. But when you're sweating and you you got oil on you, and yeah. the ring, and it's, there's always a level of risk, but... With him, it was just it was just safe, and I think back to our match for in Charleston, and I, I love talking when Jerry Martel was managing me. I find myself laughing, <laughs> jumping off the top rope and splashing Steve, and I, I'm on the floor watching what's going on, and I'm laughing, uh -huh. and it, it because we just had fun. I mean, yes. it was <laughs> it's hard to explain. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I'm married five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 
Well, but I finally found one that understands me and yes. you know and can compute with me. And awesome. She has a degree in a master's degree in child psychology. That's why she, <laughs> she, she can relate to me. Oh man. <laughs> well, Rick, listen. It is a pleasure and honor, sir, to have you here. That's all you want? Well, listen, I, I, want, to, I want to invite you back, though. I want you to come back. I've already Would you extended... rather hear more stories or Oh, well, we can hear some preach. more. Yeah, I mean, I... You know, no, no, no. I'm but... just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but we want to have you back, and I've already mentioned it to Sting backstage, and, and we have... Uh, We'd love to One time that. I want to sit down with you guys in a, in a public setting, too, and privately, and we're going to have like an hour-long conversation. We can do that. I'd I would enjoy love it. Thank you, guys. Hey, there's only one. There's only one. That jet flying, Rolex wearing, kiss stealing. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, who's going to be the next Ric Flair? And I say, for a number of reasons, God doesn't want her to be in the <laughs> Let's so, stand and you. show our appreciation to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I know in a crowd this size, I think you would all say, you know, Ed, I really like to win. I like to win. I don't want to lose. I want to win. And a lot of us are going, yeah, I want to win in the business world. You might be playing sports. You might be a student. You're like, I want to win in the athletic world. I want to win. I want to win in the financial world. I'm a winner. I want to win. And we do a lot of things to win, to Get ahead. And I think that's good and fine. But I want to ask you to think about an issue, a question. What if there was a battle that you desperately needed to lose? Let me say that again. What if there was a wrestling match that you needed to lose. In fact, this match that you should lose could be the catalyst of change in your existence. You're like, kind of sounds weird, kind of sounds strange. You mean there's a match, a battle going on that I should lose? Yes. There's a guy in the Bible named Jacob. We've been looking at him. He's an Old Testament figure. You go back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, it talks about him. Jacob, his name means liar. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, hey, I'm going to name my son Liar. Unbelievable. Because back in biblical times, names carried definitions with them. He was a liar. He defrauded his father of this massive Merrill Lynch trust fund and the blessings that should have been bestowed upon his brother. Then he deceived his brother. Then he dissed his family and blew the whole thing up bolted 400 miles out of town to get away 
from his fragmented family because his brother said, when dad dies, I'm going to kill you. Jacob, the wrestler, wrestle with his family, wrestle with his father-in-law, wrestle to get two wives and two baby mamas and 11 kids. Now, some of you are here and you're thinking, okay, you read the Bible, Ed. I, I know you're going to read it. I see it. The Bible is pristine and maybe a little boring. I know when you read the Bible, God's Word, the Holy Bible, that I'm going to be uplifted and something positive and affirming will roll off of your lips as you read the sacred scriptures. Well, sometimes, sometimes that happens, but many times it doesn't. The Bible is R-rated. The Bible is messy. This story is messy. It's dirty. This story is mysterious. Jacob, being 400 miles away from home, and he feels this inclination to go back home and to face his brother. We say what goes around comes around. The scriptures say we reap what we sow. We might say, oh yeah, it's karma, man, karma. Well, Jacob is making the trek back home. When he left home, he left a lot. While he was away from home, he made a lot. In biblical terms, he was that jet-flying, Rolex-wearing, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing son of a gun. That was Jacob. Jacob knew that Esau wanted to meet him. And when he got outside of town, the Bible says that he texted him. Once he got coverage, once he had a couple of bars, he texted Esau, sent Esau a bunch of gifts, sent him well wishes, then he threw up a microwave prayer. <laughs> and, 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 and the Bible says something very interesting. He began to diversify his portfolio. He's like, wow, if Esau comes after me, and Esau had 400 Navy SEALs with him. He was like, if Esau comes after me, I'm going to put my baby mamas over here, some of my kids over there, some of my wealth there. I'm going to hide the gold over there. I'll diversify. So if he takes me out or some of my kids out or a baby mama or two, I'll still make it. This is the Bible. I'm like, how can God use Jacob? He's a liar, a manipulator. How could God use him? How could God use me? How can God use you? Because we all have Jacob in us. So the Bible picks up in Genesis chapter 32. Let me jump down to verse 23. Now, when you see something highlighted in red, will you read it with me? That's you and me, because I don't want to be up here alone by myself. I need, I need some love from the audience. You can say, 
I like that. You can clap. You can say, preach it, white boy. You can say, woo, whatever you want to, but it really helps, you know, if you, if you show, me, show me a little bit of affection here and also at our different locations too. All right? Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> woo! <laughs> woo! Okay, okay, okay. Now, all right. I'll say, so after he had sent them across the stream, now this is at night, them, all of his, you know, people, his wealth, etc. He sent over all his possessions. Look at verse 24. So Jacob was left alone by himself. Do you like to be by yourself? I mean, sometimes I'm like, I gotta have people around me, and if they're not around me, they got my phone. And, and when, you know, that's one of the problems of social media. I mean, I love social media, but we're so wired in and synced up. We're, we're, we're never alone. I've got to be in contact, and I've got to be wired into the person and the people and know what's going on, because if we're alone, then we begin to think about things. Then our conscience shows up. Then our past shows up. Then those things we've said and done will show up. So I just want to stay busy. You know, I just, I just want to keep, 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 keep busy. Well, 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 Jacob was alone, the Bible says. So Jacob was left what? Alone. alone. And a man, a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, I've, I've watched a lot of wrestling before, and I've seen TV time limits you know, I've seen a WrestleMania or two, and I've, I've seen, you know, long matches, but hour after hour after hour after hour? That's a long time. So it's almost like you could hear the bell at night. Ding, ding, ding. In this corner, from parts unknown, the man. Who's the man? I don't know. His opponent, standing 5'4", wearing the white tunic. He's been married multiple times, multiple baby mamas, multiple kids. He's a liar, a cheat, a manipulator. Jacob! But I want you to notice something. Jacob didn't wrestle the man the man wrestled Jacob. The man came off the top rope. It was the man. Very, very interesting. So, isolation. The man wrestled with him until daybreak. Look at this next verse. Look at verse 25. When, say it again, the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. There's so much in that. Jacob just minding his own business. Jacob diversifying. Jacob getting ready to meet Esau. Jacob giving him gifts. Jacob texting him back and forth. Jacob getting everything prepared. Jacob throwing up a quick prayer to God. Jacob giving these gifts to Esau before he shows up now. 
Someone comes off the top rope. The man out of nowhere and wrestles Jacob. Well, obviously this guy was a powerful dude because he just touched him. Did you check that out? Just touched him on his hip socket, dislocated his hip. We have two of the greatest wrestlers ever with us today, Sting and the Nature Boy. You talk to them. You take someone's hip out of joint, you mess with a wrestler's legs, they're in trouble, major trouble. They can't really wrestle and they can't really run. So you know what Jacob did? This is hilarious. He just grabbed onto the man. He was hanging on for dear life. The man. Just hanging on. Well, the Bible continues. Let's keep reading. The Bible says, the man said to him, let me go. This is strange. This guy who just messed his hip up, who just taken his hip out of joint says, hey man, let me go. For it is daybreak. I'm, I'm guessing he didn't want Jacob to see his identity. He didn't want Jacob to really know who he was. Hmm. But Jacob replied, you got to love his tenacity, don't you? I will not let you go until you, there's the red, bless me. Man, that's powerful. Jacob, just holding on. I'm not going to let you go, my man, until you bless me. Jacob is broken. Now he's asking for a blessing. We can't use stuff that's broken. God specializes in it. God specializes in taking things that are broken, broken and blessing them. One of our twins, Landra, who is up in Norman, Oklahoma. Let's do a big shout out for our new campus in Norman, Oklahoma. She makes, she makes these uh, homemade cinnamon rolls and she takes the dough, you know, it's from scratch, flattens it out and you know, kneads it and works it. And then the dough rises and you, these are cooking terms, you punch the dough, settles down, you wait, you wait, and then it's ready, these cinnamon rolls for the good stuff. Butter, sugar, cinnamon, woo, it's good. Woo! But, but, it's gotta be beaten and broken, the dough does. It's, it's gotta go through some turmoil, some pain, in order to receive the good stuff. So we come to church, oh God, I want some butter and sugar and cinnamon. God's like, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's try some dough. You gotta be flattened. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll you, knead you. And when you rise with pride, I'm the man! <laughs> then, then, after time, you're ready for the good stuff. Read about Jacob, man. Broken. See, you're in a situation right now, you're wrestling with a situation right now, and you have no idea, but the man is behind this situation. And you're like, thank you. That girl. Tell me your name. Who said that? Casey, thank you for saying that. That made my day. Say it one more time. Preach it, white boy. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's lonely up here. Thank you. Thank you. Where was I? Were we in the New Testament or Old Testament? I got so carried away. I can live on one compliment for a couple of months. So I'm just like. Where was I? What was I talking about? Yeah, Old Testament. Okay. What was I talking about? Cinnamon rolls. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preach it, white boy. I'm going to make a T-shirt that says that. But yeah, we have to be oftentimes broken to be blessed, yet we don't like the pruning process. I don't. I mean... So many times I think, oh, that's the hand of man in my life. Nope, what? Hey, whoa, ho, ho. It could be the man. It could be the man behind this situation with your daughter, behind this scenario in your company, behind this financial windfall, or maybe a tough time, a famine in your soul. See, God painfully perfects whom he royally elects. He wants to see, just wants to see. He wants to know, are you really passionate about me? Or are you someone who says, oh, no, no, I just want cinnamon and sugar and butter. That's me. Really? I like how Jacob held on. He held on to the man, and I think he's starting to kind of figure it out. This ain't no man. This is the man, because what we're going to find out is this man is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. He is wrestling with Jesus, and he's going to kind of figure it out. And, and here's, here's what this man asked him. This is another question that's just, it's really hilarious. Look at verses 22 and uh, through 31. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob. Now why would he ask Jacob, hey, what's your name? Why would he do that? 
Well, when Jacob identified who he was, he was confessing his sins, his cover-ups, his shams, his moral turnovers to God. When he said, Jacob, he was saying, hey, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, I'm, an, I'm a manipulator. I'm, 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 just, I'm just messed up. God, our God is wanting to hear you say that. And he wants to hear me say that. He wants us to identify ourselves. Have you ever told God, God, I'm Jacob. Who is your name? God. I'm a liar. God. I'm a manipulator. I can't say it. God, I'm a manipulator. God. I'm a sinner. God. I, I'm someone that exaggerates. God. I'm a moral mess. Who are you? What's your name? And I love that Jacob said, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Well, then the Bible says his name was changed. What? Yeah, his name was changed. The Bible says, then the man said, 27, your name will no longer be Jacob. All right. Jacob's like, I'm cool with it. But Israel, that name, Isra, warrior, El, God. God is a warrior, or you could read it, Jacob was a warrior for God. Also, it can mean one who, let's say, struggled with God because you have what? Struggled with God, wrestle with God. Wow. The name was changed. Who are you? Jacob? Your name's gonna be changed now to Israel. One who wrestles, one who struggles with God. Hmm. Sometimes God creates a situation in our lives and gives us an opportunity to draw near to him. I remember when I was dating Lisa, she wasn't progressing as fast as I wanted her to progress in her affection and her love toward me, so I thought, I'll take her to a movie, a scary movie, <laughs> and she'll get like scared, wah! And she'll like, you'll get next to me, hold my hand, maybe an awkward kiss or whatever. So we went with a bunch of people to this theater, and we're sitting there, and the scary part happened. We started holding hands, she didn't kiss me, but it was, it was great. It accelerated the process. Now, why did I want to do that? Well, my ultimate goal was for Lisa to have her name changed. 
to Young. And in 1982, June 26th, we walked down the Wedding Runner, and she had a new identity. So often God creates situations in your life and mine, and these situations are opportunities for you and me to either respond to him or not. His goal is for your name, for your identity to be changed. Because the Bible says in the New Testament, when someone would become a follower of Jesus, they were called Christians. Christians. God wants to stamp that on your life and on my life. We have a new identity. What's your name? What's your name? Are you a Christian? In God's economy, I'm Ed, Christian. Identity. And God is creating these situations, but, but notice, God doesn't pin us. God could just touch our hip socket. One, two, three, ding, 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 done, over. God doesn't do that. We make that choice. Please tell me your name. I just find that funny. But he replied, why? Why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him. Okay. Verse 29. So Jacob named the place Peniel, saying, it's because I saw God face to face. Let's read it together. It's because I saw God face to face. It's because I saw God face to face. So now he figures out, wow, I've been wrestling with the Lord. Unbelievable. And it was like the man would say, hey, do you want to know who I am? I'll tell you who I am. Recite your new name. One who struggles with Woo! That's exciting, isn't it? Are you struggling with God right now? Are you wrestling with God? Are you in an epic match with him? Because in God's economy, when we lose, that's when we win. If we win, that's when we lose. So I'm here to announce to everyone here and in all of our locations, we're talking about a WWE event right now. You're wrestling with eternity. You might be saying that one of my shoulders is already on the canvas, man. You have no idea what I've done. You have no idea what I'm into. You have no idea who I am. You have no idea who I'm with. You know what? I don't. God does, and he's crazy about you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much 
to allow you to remain in the same condition. So you know what God wants to do? He wants you, my friend, to put the older, other shoulder down. Yeah, one shoulder's down on the mat. Maybe you're staggered. But, but put the other shoulder down and surrender to God's one, two, three. Have you done that? Ric Flair, the nature boy, always says, to be the man, you've gotta beat the man. And in his line of work, that's true. But in God's economy, it goes like this. To be the man, you have to get beaten by the man, then you'll become God's man. Because when you put your shoulder to the mat and God says, one, two, three, when you submit to him, he'll pick you up and lift your arm in victory. Because they thought on the cross, the devil did, that Jesus was down for the count. But no, 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 no. He stayed in the grave. Say it with me. One, two, three. Then he rose again. And now he offers us eternal life. He offers us victory. He offers us, he offers us everything. So, who are you wrestling with? Your spouse? Huh, really? Your coach? Someone who said something bad about you on social media? You're wrestling with this deal, you're wrestling with morality, you're wrestling. It's not just the hand of man. It's the hand of God. Surrender your life to him. Put your shoulders on the canvas. Allow him to one, two, three, your life. And he'll raise your hand in eternal victory. Eternal victory. Is that great news? Man, that's good news. Let's pray together. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. No one moving at all at all of our locations, but I want to lead you in a prayer. Now, this is a prayer that I prayed years ago when I put both of my shoulders on the mat and surrendered my life to Jesus because this is a battle that you can't afford to win. If you win, you lose. But in this epic battle, when you lose, you win. If you wanna surrender your life to Jesus, just, just say this because he wants to meet you right where you are. Just say this to yourself, just say, God, number one, I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need you. I need you as my savior. Number two, I believe that 
you, Jesus, died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Number three, I receive that. I commit my life to you. Jesus, I turn from my sin and turn to you. I ask you to come into my life. Jesus is coming into your life. He's, he's coming in. He's infiltrating. He's, he's ambushing you with his love, grace, and forgiveness. You might be online somewhere. You might be at one of our different facilities. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer with me, that one, two, three prayer with me, and you meant it to the best of your ability, would you lift your hand? All right, hands going up. Wow, many hands down front. The balcony. I know hands are being lifted at our campuses. 16 people online are raising their hands right now. Is that awesome? In Frisco, 13 people. At our campus in Southwest Florida, Northport, 11 people, Miami, 11 people, several people in Keller South Lake, 38 people in Dallas, 16 in Fort Worth. Wow, God is, is moving and we're surrendering because when we lose, we win.